0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised.
0: He doesn't have minutes for the patrol to arrive. The eerie figure is 50 meters away and closing. He gets ready to fire.
2: We think that They were trying to abduct people. God only knows what they were trying to do.
1: Absolutely terrified that the doctor we had just seen wasn't even from this timeline.
3: From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This
1: is Disturbed
3: Welcome back in everyone and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you three true tales and a listener voicemail that will terrify and horrify. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. Now then, we're moving right along into spooky season. And as a reminder, if you've got a story to tell, don't hesitate to visit disturbedpodcast.com and click that submissions button. It'll walk you through all of our submission options, including the hotline, where you can get your voice on the show during our biggest month, October. And so, with that being said, let's get to the good stuff. We open the show hearing from Reddit user Laszlo Karyatis. Featuring voice work by Matt Bradford, and we have a chilling army encounter.
0: Back in 1985, my dad was serving in the Greek Army Special Forces in the paratrooper division. Kind of irrelevant, but I'm a proud son, so I thought I'd mention it. The Army service in Greece is mandatory for every male that has reached their 18th birthday, and so everyone has to go. Military camps where each company is stationed at are mostly positioned in the countryside, and usually there isn't much going on near or around the camp. They're fairly secluded. The closest town to my pops camp was three kilometers away. One night while serving, it was my dad's turn to go on guard duty in the camp he was posted in. Every night, five to six soldiers were selected for guard duty, and they slept in the same barracks. A half hour before it was time for the previous guards to be relieved, another soldier would come into the room to wake up the new batch so they would get ready and get to their positions. Now Each shift was two hours. The 12 to 6 a.m. shifts were the worst, according to my pops. It gets extremely cold in the winter and you're half asleep, standing beside your booth, freezing your butt off while keeping watch. The only way to be vigilant and keep warm is if you take a few steps up and down. So, it was 2am and my dad was standing next to his booth with his M1 Garand rifle. Yeah, a Greek army used World War II weapons in the 80s. There was absolute silence. He could only hear the wind. He mentioned that the moon was helpful with visibility, but there's so much you could make out at night even with the moon apart from dark shadows, especially at longer distances. There were some tree lines far away, but there wasn't much vegetation around the camp at all. It was more like a clearing. Everything was going well, like every other night. That is, until a tall dark mass appeared from the path coming out of a tree line and started heading right towards my father's booth. My dad's heart started pumping when he spotted it, and he said he was scared shitless at this point. The mass moved slow but steady and started closing the distance, almost like floating but with big, slow steps. So my dad does what he's instructed to do, and what every guard does in a situation like this. He raises his rifle, aims, and screams, HALT! IDENTIFY YOURSELF! No reply. The shadow continues to approach. So the second time, HALT! IDENTIFY YOURSELF! Nothing. He told me at this point he he was certain he saw a ghost in real life. He said he thought to himself, let's see if a ghost can die. Before he engages, he has to scream a code word that raises the alarm. So the way that works is, the next guard on the next booth that is hundreds of meters away will hear the scream, then scream himself, and with a chain reaction like that, the alarm goes from booth to booth and reaches the patrol. The patrol is an officer with five soldiers that makes the rounds between booths every night and makes sure everything is okay with the guards. If you're caught sleeping or away from your post by these guys, I mean, R.I.P., They are also the ones to investigate an alarm. Only problem is, patrol might take a while to get to the booth that raised the alarm as they don't know which one it is and they might be far away from the right one. So they run double time through every booth until they locate the original source of the alarm. My dad hears the other guy screaming and he knows the alarm is raised. He knows the patrol is going to be there in a few minutes. But he also knows that the penalty for falsely raising the alarm is prison. I mean, prison means a soldier gets X amount of days added to their service. And the service back then was two years plus prison days that have been added to a soldier along the way from penalties. But they don't actually lock you up in a cell unless you commit an actual crime, at which point the military police comes in. But he doesn't have minutes for the patrol to arrive. The eerie figure is 50 meters away and closing. He gets ready to fire. Then he hears, Relax, it's me. Another soldier covered in a black blanket that my dad knew was trying to sneak back into the camp at night after having fun in the nearest town without permission. He was holding a bottle of liquor too and was fairly drunk. My dad let him through, but he knew that he was about to get a serious amount of prison time for falsely raising the alarm once the patrol figured out it was his booth that the alarm was raised from. The patrol gets there. My dad doesn't snitch on the drunk guy. The officer tells him that they'll see each other the next morning. Next day in line, when the penalties are being announced by the officers, my dad is waiting to hear his name called. But they never mention him. Even though an alarm raise is extremely rare to happen, nobody tells him anything. It turns out the patrol officer and the ghost were buddies. The guy sneaking in told the lieutenant what happened and not to mention my dad. The officer apparently pulled some strings and the whole incident was like it never happened.
1: I'm Tanya Eby, and this is Disturbed.
3: Next up, we check in with Reddit user Diablix, featuring voice work by Tom Eglio, and we somehow lose time.
4: I posted the story on another sub before, and I'm curious if anyone has any input on missing time stuff. Some backstory before starting, this occurred in the summer of 2012. I've only experienced missing time incidents a few times, but will only share the story of the first time because that's the only one that had corroborating witnesses, so I I could absolutely be certain of all the bizarre details. So this friend who we'll call Gio would occasionally make what we jokingly call our game night Walmart runs. Basically, on some weekends when some of our schedules lined up right for us to be able to play video games late into the night, like old times, we'd sometimes have to take a brief intermission to go get coffee, snacks, and energy drinks. These runs would typically occur around 2 or 3 a.m., and the reason we chose Walmart was because there was a Walmart that was only about three-quarters of a mile away. On this particular summer night in 2012, energy drinks were the only things we were running low on, and so we figured we'd take a break a little early at 12.47 a.m. to go get just the energy drinks and head back. If you're thinking it's oddly specific that I remember exactly 1247 AM, we'll get back to that later. Gio and I volunteer to be the ones to head out for the drinks, and we hop in my car and drive straight to the Walmart. No red lights along the way. We head straight inside and spend only about two or three minutes in the store. Wanting to get back to our gaming night, we rushed to grab only what we needed and headed to self-checkout. We drove straight home and arrived to our other friends, seeming much more tired slash exhausted than when we'd left, and they asked what took so long. We thought they were joking and gave a smart-ass response of how long a drive it was. They seemed confused and demanded a more serious answer. That's when we got confused and asked what they were talking about. They showed us the clock and we couldn't believe it. It was 4.30 a.m. We also checked the time on our phones to confirm this. Yep, 4.30 a.m. At this point, we started telling them everything. How we rushed straight there, went through the store quickly, and came straight back. They obviously weren't buying it. It's at this point we started double-checking to make sure we had our timeline right. They'd sent us a text with a list of each of their preferred energy drinks, so we double-checked the time on that since they sent it seconds after we'd walked out the door. Yeah, 12.47 a.m. Gio and I have discussed this incident a few times, trying to make sense of what happened. Ultimately, we've never been able to come up with any answers that make sense. As far as the friends we were hanging with that night, I'm unsure if they believed us or not that we really did go straight there and come straight back. It still makes me a little uneasy trying to untangle the confusion of what could have possibly happened that night. While neither Geo or I have any clue what happened that night, all we can seemingly agree on is something odd must have happened that neither of us can remember. I remember the events as continuous, and I've confirmed with Geo that he does too. It's not we head there, get the drinks, and then there's a break in the memory, and then we head back. It's just a continuous sequence of events of driving there, rushing through the store to get the drinks to get back to our game night ASAP and heading straight home. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions
2: apply. See website for details.
4: On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America.
0: And I've sat silently and listened to the heart wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We
4: all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.
1: You're listening to Disturbed. Now, back to the horror.
3: Up next, we have a listener voicemail from Jackie, and she details a couple experiences with strangers.
2: Hi, everybody. I just wanted to say thank you for all that you guys do, and I love listening to the podcast. I do have a couple of short stories real quick it was back in 2007 my junior year of high school my best friend had told me about something that had happened to her mom and she was bringing groceries into her house one day and this white van with a business and phone number on everything on the side of the van had pulled up asking for directions and then she told them which way they were trying to go and they tried to get her to get into the car with her to bring uh, them to where they were supposed to go. And she politely declined and she went into the house and they took off. And she tried to Google the um, ad business and there was no such business. No number, no, no nothing. And that story leads into one that happened to my best friend and I again at her house, Uh, we were having a sleepover the next year, my senior year, 2008, and she had wanted a cigarette. She was 18. She was able to. So she went outside to have a cigarette. And for whatever reason, I was having a bowl in the middle of the night of cereal. So we go outside and we're sitting on her front porch and this white van goes by and we're like, okay, whatever, you know. Kind of strange for the middle of the night, that kind of a van driving by. And then next thing we know, you know, 30 seconds later, they're driving by again, going the opposite way. And then they pull along side of the house going down the side road that's right next to the house. And they turn around in her driveway and then pull back up. And so we from the front of the house, we can see them coming out from that side road again. And then they pull along up in front of the house but on the other side of the street and my friend says you know this is this reminds me of what happened to my mom so I'm gonna put out my cigarette and you just leave the bowl of cereal out here we'll just get it in the morning we're gonna book it inside and as soon as we got inside and locked the door and we peeked out the window they sped off so we think that they were trying to abduct people or god only knows what they were trying to do and it just spooked the heck out of us and so we would avoid going outside at night when we would have sleepovers and stuff um but that's my story I hope you guys all stay safe
3: Always a good reminder when something just doesn't feel right to trust your gut and do your best to get out of the situation if possible. Thanks for the submission, Jackie. And we close out the show with a submission from Emma, featuring voice work by Tanya Eby, and we meet the Asylum Doctor.
1: My story comes to you from Leeds, England. I live in a small town called Rothwell in West Yorkshire. There are many stories I could tell about this town, from the pubs I've worked in as well as a 1500s church that resides there. My story today, however, is about a hotel we have. Due to the town being out of the way but fancy, this hotel is fairly populated with celebrities that don't want to be found. This particular story happened in 2013, with the band One Direction as the reason. I was a very nerdy teen, dying for a chance for a glimpse of the stars as they walked the floor adjacent to the car park. It was known that every time they stayed there on tour, they'd book out the entire third wing for their crew and themselves. After a few days of seeing small glimpses, we were unsure whether or not they had left, as the staff would often lie. Just to get you to go away This particular day One of my friends was staying at the hotel with her mother And her mother pushed the idea That we should get a lift up to the floor And see if anything is actually still there Or if we were wasting our time They could always say They got the wrong floor With them actually having a room So off we went Anticipating seeing them in the flesh However That's not what we got When the lift dinged and slid open, we were met with instant silence. Not one noise was emitting from the floor in front of us, and it almost confirmed instantly that they were gone. Just as we were about to click the lift to go back down, we heard a scuffle. It would have been easy to miss if we weren't desperate to hear something. All three of us, my friend, her mother, and myself, pushed our heads out of the door and looked directly down the corridor. At the end of the corridor overlooking the car park from a fire exit door was a man in a full white coat. He had white hair, a scuffle on his chin, and a stethoscope around his neck. He looked old, but not by age, by timeline. This man looked to be plucked straight out of an episode of American Horror Story with a stance so intimidating, it made us gasp. The moment we made that noise, his head flew towards us, and he began charging his way up the corridor with fury in his eyes. As if we had been caught immediately, we jumped backwards and began violently pressing the lift, trying to get the doors to close before he reached us. The footsteps got louder and the doors never closed. Then, all of a sudden, they stopped, like he had reached us, but nobody was there. Again, all three of us popped our heads out of the lift, and not one person occupied that corridor. No doors were opened, so there was nowhere he could go without us hearing. He had just simply vanished. Once we got downstairs, looking paler than usual, we were met with the reminder that this hotel used to be an asylum for the mentally ill, merely 150 years ago. The third floor was a modern add-on, but the ground it laid on used to be the child's wing absolutely terrified that the doctor we had just seen wasn't even from this timeline. We all left the hotel that day, regardless of our original desires to run into a celeb. All three of us still speak about it to this day, as it wasn't just a child's tale due to the mother also witnessing the entire thing with us. Years later, I was telling this story to my boyfriend as we went for a walk around the golf course there. He wasn't necessarily a believer but the history of the building did cause some curiosity. He began researching on his phone details about the hotel and its dark, dark history. It was closed specifically due to the abuse that happened there. When walking, he asked me, what did he look like, the man? I began to reel off a face in so much detail because it had burnt a hole right to my nerves the moment I saw it. I could reel off his exact features to this day, even though it has been 10 entire years. Immediately, my boyfriend stopped, looking more than uncomfortable. When he turned his phone to me, the man that had plagued that memory so intensely stared back at me like deja vu. It was him, exactly down to the stethoscope round his neck. Apparently, this man was rather known at the time, as he is the main reason the asylum broke down. He would perform inhumane experiments on the children trying to cure them and pushed some of the most gruesome violence onto the asylum patients that this country had ever seen. And he worked entirely on the children's wing. To this day, I cannot go inside that hotel, no matter how nice the spa is. My sister worked there and has ten times more stories than I do. But this one is really worth telling.
3: our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore Pod. Special thanks to our newest Plus members Jackie Roberts, Nicole Lindell, Mason Jones, Lacey Benson, and Anthony Rondone. If you enjoyed the show, please consider joining Plus at DisturbedPodcast.com slash Plus. But if you can't, consider leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite listening platform. Share your own true horror story at disturbedpodcast.com. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio and ag. And don't forget to stay safe out there, y'all.